Wow. Wow. That was pretty darn cool. How many of you are here today? Raise your hands if you're here. Okay, that's, I don't know where the rest of you are, but that's, uh, that's encouraging. Uh, I, I do want to ask this. How many of you are here and, and you're here with your father? Your father is with you. Raise your hands real quick. That's awesome. That's awesome. You got your father with you, and that's great. You know what? He, he used to look cool. Did you know that? And I, I mean, his hair was like thick and with no gray, and he drove a cool car, and now he looks like this. You know, do you know why? Do you know why he looks like you? You're the reason he looks like that. And it's uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to get to that point. But we get to that point where we realize, you know, what what's really important. And uh, Father's Day, I have two incredible kind of personal stories that I, I, I remember. And what we're going to look at this morning is kind of those wow moments that God has taught us and will teach us. As we kind of seek him, and you'll do it through real life, and you'll tie his truth together with it, and I'm going to share kind of that this morning. And um, it's just going to be a a cool journey, but one of my favorite experiences, um, several years ago, one one of my good friends, Jerry Harris, he and I were in the same couples class together. We had kids right at the same time. Our oldest sons are about the same age. His is named Hudson, mine's named Graham. And uh, we were talking one time, and it had gone through Father's Day, and he told me the story, which is amazing. His father was a pastor, and had done several stories about athletes, and he had met Dikembe Mutombo. Now, if you're a basketball fan, you may remember Dikembe, and they have a picture of Dikembe. That's Dikembe. He's seven foot two, and he was this intimidating force on a basketball floor. Well, Dikembe came to church one Sunday, to our church, and he was with Jerry's dad. And and as it would happen, his grandson Hudson was there, and, and his dad introduced Hudson, who was about six years old at the time, to Dikembe Mutombo. Now, get that mental picture, okay? Here's a six-year-old and a seven-foot-two center in the NBA. And he says, this is, this is my grandson Hudson, and this is Dikembe Mutombo. And he says, nice to meet you. And he says, very polite. And Dikembe said, wonderful to meet you. And he walks away. And the grandfather said to his grandson, he says, he's really big, isn't he? To which Hudson said, yeah, he's almost as big as my dad. <laughs> Men, I want us to just let that sink in for a moment. That it's not about the prowess or the physical or the position or the placement. In the eyes of children, God has put us in a place where we are literally that size to them or bigger. That's who we are. Fast forward a few years from that. In 2000, I believe it was, oh, I think it was 2006, there was a, a racehorse named Funnyside. Does anybody remember that story? It was a gelding and ten friends from New York, ten high school buddies. All pulled their money together and bought a horse because they loved horses. And they bought this horse and, and it was a special horse. They named it Funnyside. And Funnyside actually won some races and they realized, wait a minute, we may have tripped into something here. And the ten of them actually qualified for the Kentucky Derby. And not only did they qualify, but they, they had a mount. The gentleman who was riding was Jose Santos, who was a little bit of a, his, his career had fallen off and he'd basically come to the point where he'd almost lost it all, but he's trying to make a comeback. And his life, both personally and professionally, had fallen off injuries and this and that. And it was, it's an incredible story where Funny Side got to run in the Kentucky Derby, 12 to 1 long shot. But then the Kentucky Derby happened. And if you saw that, you saw where Funny Side, this long shot gelding, won the Kentucky Derby. 
But in that, as they replayed this over and over and over, it was one of the most amazing pictures. And I haven't been able to find it, or I've shown it this morning. Because it shows the owner's box and the replay, uh, like a 2020 special. They, they did a special on these owners, and they showed the owner's box as the race is happening. And as they're coming around, look, you see these ten friends and their wives going insane and going crazy. Come on, funny side. Come on, funny side. And it's around the bend and funny side's making the move and they're just going nuts. Come on, funny side. Come on, funny side. With one descending voice in the bottom left-hand corner was Jose Santos' seven-year-old son screaming, Come on, Dad. Come on, Dad. And if I could just leave that picture, that's the gift to a dad. We don't need ties. We don't need stuff. You are our gift. That's the way God designed it. That, that we really don't need this stuff. We just need that simple affirmation that we get to be your dad. That is our greatest gift. I, I try to share that with my boys and they don't fully get that. But at the same time, I'll never forget several years, uh, not even several years ago, probably about four years ago, I coached basketball, middle school basketball. It was the last year I got to coach my last son in basketball. We're driving to practice as we pull up to a red light. Cody just, Dad, look. And it was, next to us was a brand new Maserati. And I was like, that is awesome. He goes, Dad, how fast do you think you'd go? I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, how much do you think it'll cost? I'm like, I don't know. And God just kind of hit me. Ken, this is a moment. Don't miss this moment. And I was like, you know what? I can have one of those. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yes. And I could have one completely paid for. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yes. I said, do you know why I don't? He said, why? And I said, you. You're the reason. And I never forget that look on his face. He's like, oh, man. And I said, no, not all man. I said, dude, I wouldn't trade you for 10 Maseratis. You're unbelievable. You're worth so much more than that. I wouldn't trade you for 100. That car's going to get old, but you get better and better. I mean, you don't poop in your pants anymore. You can feed yourself. Dude, you're amazing. You're the greatest gift I could ever ask for. And I just saw his countenance go, whoa, wow. And see, it's those moments where I want to have that over and over. And God desires that you and I realize that's what we are to him. That is that wow moment. He's like, hey, I've created everything. It's all wonderful and good. But you, you're the gift to me. And it's not about religion at all. If you look through scripture, you'll see over and over where God says, you know what, it's, it's not about the law. There's a wonderful passage in Romans 8 where he says, we, we haven't been saved through the law and through the legalistic sense. He says, but we've been adopted as sons and daughters to which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. And until we know God in that relationship, we don't know God at all. Because he longs for us to realize that we, we, all he desires is that relationship with us. To give us all that we have. And this morning I want to share a few wow moments of, of really, I guess, maybe how to obtain that or how to live in that. How to in, enjoy that relationship with God. But it's really a foundation. I'm going to wrap up with the foundation that we have to know God personally and what that really means. And what he went through for that. But I'll never forget Easter. And I've shared this before. And if... If you remember it, then just bear with me for a second. But my boys were three and four years old. 
we were at a church plant that we had helped start, and, and we decided to have a big Easter egg hunt. Well, we gathered eggs for several weeks. We had over 3,000 Easter eggs for Easter egg. And the problem was it rained that Easter, so we couldn't do it outside. We, uh, we were able to secure an elementary school gym right next to where we had our services. And, and if you've been to an elementary school gym, you realize that it's just a floor. There's no bleachers. There's no just the floor. So we hid... 3,000 Easter eggs on this gym floor. Now, do the math on this real quickly. We had 38 kids to hunt 3,000 Easter eggs. Do the math. And basically, if your kid does not have a full basket by the end, he's what we call a loser. Okay? I mean, it's just, there's, there's that many eggs. Okay? There's just so many. And they let them go by age. My boys were three and four. And Cody, my rough and tumble Cody, he's the one that at three, he ran down the driveway, skinned both knees bleeding and just went, Muh, and just kept running, okay? He's tough. And Cody's like, Dad, can I go? Can I go? And I'm like, buddy, you got to wait till they call. And they're like, the one-year-old, two-year-olds. They said, three-year-olds, are you ready? Now, you got to understand, we're at the baseline. There are hundreds of eggs right here. And they said, three-year-olds, are you ready? And they said, go. He starts running. Kicking eggs, crushing eggs. And I'm cringing, going, dude, whoa. He got to half court. And he reaches down, he turns around to where I was. He goes, I found one. And I'm like, awesome. Get another one. And he starts looking around. And I'm just like, look down. And he starts running again, and I'm just, oh, man. And then they let the other kids go. It became chaos. Graham walks up. My oldest son, he's got a basket falling out of eggs. He's got so many of them. Cody walks up to my blast spot. He goes, Dad, I think I got them. And I'm like, good for you. And I turned around. And I went, whoa. I, he had a basket full, not of Easter eggs. He had a basket full of only purple Easter eggs, his favorite color. See, he was not distracted by all those thousands of eggs. He knew his favorite and he was going after it. And as I sat there in a moment, I was like, whoa. And God just whispers in my heart to those times. And I look back, he's like, Ken, that's your life. Don't get, don't get caught up in all the stuff. He says, I made you for a reason. I know the plans I have for you. And he says, follow your heart, delight yourself in me, and I will give the desires of your heart. And as you seek that, you will find significance and fulfillment if you'll just trust me. And I was just, wow, those moments happen. So if I could draw our focus this morning, I would, I would draw it this way. We took our boys not long after that. They were about four and five. We took them to Disney. And we decided we're going to have the Disney experience. The first stop, we're going to have breakfast with the characters. Did anybody else do that? Yeah, you know, for those of you who haven't, this is where you pay like $40 for cold eggs. And, and it's worth it because these big fuzzy people walk out. And they're about halfway through breakfast and sure enough, here comes one of the characters and my boys are just sitting there and they're kind of fizzy going, and they're just like, Dad, look, Dad, it's Goofy, it's really him. And they just go nuts and Goofy, he comes high fives them and it's like, ah, oh. and then Chip and Dale come by and they're like, it's really them. They're just going crazy. And then the music comes on 
And then sure enough, it happens. Here comes Minnie Mouse and she comes dancing around and, and they are just going crazy. And she comes up and grabs Cody, my rough and tumble Cody. She dances around with him and then puts him back in his seat and puts her nose on his head and just goes. And he just turns flush red. And he's like, she kissed me, daddy. And I'm like, I know, right? And then they said, boys and girls, stand on your chairs. Grab your napkins. Wave them over your head. Now, they don't get to do that at home, so they're standing there going, whoo! And the music's blaring, and the back doors burst open, and in comes Mickey Mouse. And they go to a level of euphoria that is just beyond compare. They're like, And they're going nuts, and the rapture might as well happen at that moment, because the rest of life is downhill from there. It's just, and they're just going nuts. And it was great, and they dance, and Mickey goes out, and they start to clear the tables. And my boy's like, this is unbelievable. This was great. I said, are you guys ready for Disney World? We thought this is the perfect start, and I got an answer I never expected. They're like, no, Daddy, I want to stay here with Mickey Mouse. I'm like, dude, this, this is just breakfast. There's the Magic Kingdom. I'm like, I know, I want to stay with Mickey Mouse. Now, my saving grace is the monorail goes through that part of the, the Magic Kingdom through that hotel where they have the breakfast and my boys love trains. I said, look, a train! And they're like, oh! I said, do you want to ride the train? They're like, yeah! So we clean up, we get on the train, we're on the monorail and they're like, next stop, the front gates to the Magic Kingdom. I'm like, are you guys ready for Disney World? And I got the answer again. No, Daddy, I'll stay on the train! You, you don't understand. This is just to get us to the Magic Kingdom. And then they started getting upset. They're like, I want to stay on a train. I want to go back and see Mickey Mouse. And I'm just like, dude, we're going to the Magic Kingdom. And we had to get off. My wife went to get the tickets. And I'm sitting here with two children on the verge of tears. And I'm just like, we're going to, we're going to the Magic Kingdom. Oh, I got to back on the train. I want to go to Mickey Mouse. And, and she gets the t- I'm dragging two children into Disney World crying. And I'm just like, we spent all our savings in going to like this. And just, it just, oh, it was, it was not the moment I had in mind. And finally, I just got down on my knees. I said, come here, look at me. I said, would you at least look at the castle? And they're like, man, where's the church? Whoa. I said, do you want to go see the castle? And I'm like, yeah. I said, do you want to walk through the castle? And they're like, yeah. I said, you know what's on the other side of the castle? Now, we had set it up. We watched the movie going down. We watched Dumbo. We got it and watched it because I knew we were going to go. And I said, Dumbo is on the other side of the castle. They're like, can we see him? I said, you can ride on Dumbo and fly around. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yes. And sure enough, we get on Dumbo and they figured out that little lever real quick that they can control up and down. And I oh, this is euphoric. We get off and I'm like, are you ready for the rest of Disney? And they went, no, daddy. I'll stay with Dumbo. And I'm just like, I literally, I got down on one name. I said, come here, come here. Look in my eyes. I said, guys, I don't need this. I've been to Disney World. All I want you to do is have the best day of your life. But you've got to trust me. There's, a, there's a, a whole world out there. There's cars that you can drive. There's teacups that spin around until you puke. There's, there's, 
Buzz Lightyear. There's the small one. There's so much. I said, we will come back and we will ride anything you want to ride again. But you've got to trust me. And both of them in their little four and five year old brains they went, okay, daddy. And then we started going and we just had the best day ever. But as we began to walk and after a couple I just thought, I never saw that coming. I never saw that hesitation and that just frustration. And as they grabbed my fingers, it was one of those moments where God whispered, Ken, you you do that to me all the time. And I'm like, God, you have never taken me to Disney World. And (laughs) And here's what God whispered in my heart. He was like, Ken, I'm never going to ask you to leave anything that I don't want to take you somewhere better. But you've got to trust me. Oh. And the verse that came to my mind uh, as I unpacked that was Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And it's one of the most that I, that I come back to often. It simply says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And God is saying, hey... It's not always going to seem better, but if, if, if we want significance and fulfillment and, and true satisfaction, it only comes from trusting God. And in the midst of that, saying, okay, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to walk in faith, even if I don't feel it or understand it, because I trust you. And I was just, I was blown away. The next day we went to SeaWorld. Orlando is the world city, so we went to SeaWorld. And I had another moment. I went to the Terrors of the Deep. I don't know if you've ever been to that exhibit. It's the shark exhibit. And you go down and there's this huge plexiglass wall. And you can see in the shark tanks and they're swimming around. Now, my oldest son is as far away from that plexiglass as you can get. And he's on the back wall and he's got his head buried in my leg going, Daddy, the sharks are going to get me. Daddy, they're going to get me. I'm like, buddy, they're not going to get you. You're okay. Said, but the sharks are going to get me. I'm like, Daddy, it's, it's okay. You're, you're okay. I, they're not going to get you. Cody, my rough and tumble Cody, there's a small ledge against the plexiglass. He is standing on the ledge, plastered against the plexiglass. <laughs> I want to pet the sharks, Daddy! I want to pet the sharks. And I could see a baby shark in the back of the tank going, that boy scares me, mommy. That boy scares me. And I knew we were in for a trauma because to get out of this place, you have to go through this moving sidewalk that has this plexiglass arch and you have to go through the bottom of the shark tank. So I'm trying to prepare him and me for it. I pick up Graham. I'm like, Graham. I said, look at daddy. And he said, looks in there. I'm like, look until you can see your face in my eyes. And he got really close. And I said, are you okay? He goes, yeah. I said, when you're a daddy, you're okay. He goes, okay, daddy. I said, if you're ever scared, just you're with daddy. Okay. And he didn't understand why. And then I held him and I walked and we got on the moving sidewalk. And I'm like, are you okay? He goes, yeah, I'm okay. And I'm like, okay. And then he looked up to where, where we were. And as he looked up... <laughs> As fate would have, this huge bull shark just goes right by. And his head snapped. He's just like, I'm with daddy, I'm with daddy, I'm with daddy, I'm with daddy. I'm like, yes, you are. And I said, you're okay. And he goes, I'm okay, I'm with daddy, I'm with daddy. And then about halfway down, he starts looking up. He starts pointing at him. He's like, I'm with daddy, I'm with, I'm with daddy, I'm with daddy, I'm with daddy. And we got out to the other end. 
I said, are you okay? And he goes, yeah. I said, why are you okay? I'm with daddy. I'm like, that's right. I said, do you want to go see the dolphins now? And he goes, yeah. Now, I believe that God does stuff like this just because he wants to teach us. So Graham and I went to see the dolphin exhibit. Heather and Cody literally went to pet the sharks. There's an area you can do that. And, and, and there's this wall. It's about 100 yards long, and it's about this high with an angle so kids can lean and put their hands in the water where the dolphins are. And they're swimming around, and it's Dolphin Cove, and, and it was amazing. Hundreds of kids lined up on this wall, and the dolphins are swimming within two or three feet. And they're like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. And I'm videotaping it, and I think it was about feeding time because the dolphins were really moving. I said, look, Graham, they're, they're feeding. Do you see them, Graham? Do you see them? And he was totally quiet. I'm like, Graham, do you see him? And I moved the camera down. As I moved the camera down, there's Graham. He was went from leaning to like this because the dolphin had swam out of the water and was right there and just went and went back in the water and swam away. And he turned to the camera and was like, he kissed me, Daddy. I'm like, yes, he did. I said, was that awesome? He goes, that was unbelievable. Did you want to go tell Mom? And he goes, yes. And so we go and we tell Mom. Now, by the time we went from there to mom, in his mind, the dolphin had jumped out of the water and had danced around and then jumped back in the water. But then it happened. It happened that both of my sons came up and grabbed my fingers and they're like, what now, daddy? What now? And I was like, wow. But, but what I took from that, there's one of my favorites. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 46, 1. And as they got that concept and as they, they grab my fingers, I'm like, they're starting to trust me. They get this. And yet, when you're with daddy, you're okay. And, and I've come across this verse several times that God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. When we are most anxious and we are most uh, disturbed and we have no understanding, God is like, I'm, I'm right here. I'm your dad. And I understand the big picture, even though you can't. And I am very present. Not just present, I'm very present. I'm right here. You can look till you see yourself in my eyes. And I will take you through. And through that, when we're with Daddy, we're okay. It doesn't matter what it is. If you were in the early services, Harry did an incredible job of talking about God's rest. And that rest is in His authority and in His presence. And it, it was amazing. If you, if you had, don't have that, grab that CD. And then finally, the last day we were there, I learned probably one of the greatest lessons of all. We took our boys to downtown Disney. We wanted them to have a souvenir, something to remember the trip by. We walked into this one place, and they had a wall. It was probably about 12 feet high and at least 40 feet wide. Every stuffed animal known to man. It was every character from every Disney movie. And we told the boys, you can have one of anything. And Graham, my oldest, went into shopper's trauma. He said, oh, I want this one. Oh, I want this one. Oh, I want this one. I want... He had like five of them just going, ah, 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 ah. And I said, you've got to decide. And he goes, I don't know which one. Cody. Cody just stood there for a minute. And as I'm watching Graham spin around, he's beeline. And he walks up. And he just stood next to me. And I'm like, did you find something? He goes, yes, sir. I'm like, you, you found something? Yes, sir. And I looked down. Now, Disney makes most of their stuffed animals gender neutral. They make a few that are masculine in nature. As I looked at that wall, I only saw one that was feminine in nature. 
And here's Cody, my rough and tough Cody, holding Duchess the cat. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, dude, what you got there? He goes, I want a kitty. I'm like, you, you, want a, you want a cat? Well, you love Tigger. I said, here's Tigger. He's like, no, I want a kitty. I'm like, well, look, Lion King. You want Lion King? And he's like, no, I want a kitty. Every offer that I gave him, this cat got closer and tighter. And he never wavered. And I said, well, we got to go pay for him. And we put him up. And he never, he loved this cat. And it blew my mind. I'm just like, oh, well. And he never wavered from that at all. And I'll never forget when we got home, a couple weeks after we were home, I went in to tuck in my boys. And I always tuck them in. And I would just pray over them. I don't know where it came from. Just I got creative one night. And, and as I tuck them in, I pray for them. And I'd touch their heads. And I'd be like, God, give them wisdom beyond their days. And give them a heart of compassion. And give them legs that walk in the truth. And arms that reach out to others. But Lord, please. And when we get to that point, they start to squirm. Because they know what's next. Because I'm like, Lord, but please. Please give them joy. And I just tickle them. Until they can't breathe. And when they can't take it anymore, they know how to make me stop. They're like, my joy takes full. My joy takes full. I'm like, Lord, thanks for giving them joy. And then they go to sleep, and this night I walk in to tuck in Cody. He's on his knees on his bed, and I'm like, Cody, hop into bed. It's time for bed. And he's like, Daddy, come here. And as I walked around, there's Cody on his knees, and there's Duchess laying on the bed with his little green blanket over him. And he goes, Daddy, watch, Daddy. And I walked around, and he goes, I pray the head and the heart and the legs. Joy, 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 joy. <laughs> He turned around and he said, look, Daddy, I'm the Daddy. I said, you can keep the cat. (laughs) Because God's greatest desire is that we experience what he experiences with us. That's his desire. And I want you to fast forward a couple years. About three or four years after that, we had Kennedy, our little girl. She was probably barely a year old. And if you're a parent, you know these nights happen where they're just unconsolable and it's just going to be one of those nights. My wife had gone in for an hour and she could not get her to stop crying. It's two, three in the morning. And after an hour, I go in, what can I do? And my wife is frazzled. She goes, I don't, I, I've changed her. I've fed her. I've tried everything. She won't go to sleep. And she screamed for an hour solid. As I'm standing there by the crib there's a little silhouette in the door, and it's Cody. We're like, Cody, go back to bed, buddy. It's, just, it's okay. Just, just close your door. And he mumbles something and goes back. Ten minutes later, the silhouette reappears. Kennedy's still screaming. And there's Cody standing in the doorway. And we're like, Cody, just go back to bed. And he just says, she need a kitty. And we're like, buddy, just go back to bed. But he was undeterred. He walked straight in the room between my wife and I. To where my daughter is screaming and he just goes, she need the kitty. And handed her the cat. To which my daughter, after an hour and 15 minutes of squalling, immediately stopped crying. Took two big... And she laid down, rolled over, and instantly went to sleep. And Heather and I are looking like, what just happened? 
And we both at the same time looked at the door as Cody is walking out the door going, she need the kitty. And just <laughs> went back to sleep. It's like, what? What? As I unpacked that, it was a moment. And as I, as I read through scripture and I read this verse in Acts chapter 20, it became very real. It became very genuine that the greatest joys in life are not what we get. The greatest joys in life is when we take what is most precious to us and we give it away. And Paul is writing in verse 20, and as I read this verse, this, that scenario came to my mind. It says, Paul is saying, I've shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. And it's, it's not about all the pieces that too much religion heaps at us. The greatest joy in life is not what we get. It's what we give. And the greatest joy is when we take what is most precious to us and give that away. So for those of you who are here today and you're not fathers, realize the greatest joy in our life was giving up our coolness. It's giving up what we could have or what the, what the society says you should have. And instead we say, I want these little people and I want to pour into them. And I want them to be better than me. And I want to give the good parts. And we pray and we labor and we struggle and we give and we give. Because you are the gift. You are what we desire. And once we see that part and that heart of God. I want to just wrap up this morning with a couple concepts that that he himself said in Romans 8. He said it's not about a religion. You haven't been saved to a religion. He says, but you've been adopted as sons and daughters to which we our hearts cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. That's the relationship he wants. In Mark fourteen thirty six, where it says God never wants us to leave anything, though he doesn't want to take us somewhere better. This is one of the most antithetic pieces of that example where Jesus himself is in the garden of Gethsemane and he is crying out and he uses the word daddy. If there's any way this cup can pass from me, please let it be, but not my will, but yours be done. He's saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go here, but I trust you. And when you and I can get to that point with God in Hebrews 12 two, Jesus goes on and he says that, but for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Now, I don't know if you've seen the passion of the Christ or anything about the crucifixion. There's very little about that in my mind that reaps happy or joy. But Jesus literally said, it's worth it because I get you. You're the joy. You're worth incurring the wrath of God and the, the punishment for sin. You're worth it. You're the joy. The joy is so much more than any pain that I'm about to go through. And then what is that joy? That joy is what Jesus says that the world will steal and rob and destroy. He said, but I came that you would have life and life to the full. Life abundant. To have that fullness and that heart and that significance and that purpose, that's what he longs for, for us. So this morning, my, my encouragement to you and I is twofold. One, if you don't know God as daddy, 
you're missing the greatest joy in life because you are his gift. And when you and I simply go, okay, I, I admit I'm not, I, I, I fall short. I'm, I'm not perfect. I've sinned. I failed. That's where, just like a dad looks at a child, I've never once looked at my children when they started to walk and they get up and they turn and they try to walk and I never, and they fall. I never once went, loser! Seriously, why can you not walk yet? That wasn't it. It was like, way to go! Way to go! You took a step right on! Grab my fingers, come with daddy, walk with daddy. That's the joy of the Father's heart. Know God that way. And know that he says simply, as many as receive that. It's an adoption. And the papers are yours. And you get to choose to sign. He's already signed it with his name and blood. And said, you're everything I've ever wanted. And you're all I've ever wanted. Let God touch in that way so that we can start to experience a life in full. And I pray that those moments are an encouragement to you. That he really is. When you're with daddy, you're okay. He's never going to ask you to leave anywhere that he doesn't want to take you somewhere better. And that the greatest joy in this life is what we give, not what we get. Will you pray with me today? Father, thank you so much that you're a daddy. That you're you're not a religion. We can never measure up to religion. But we can experience and bask in the joy and the glow of you. God, we bring you our brokenness, our faults. We bring our hopes and joy. And we say, Daddy, we just want to be with you. And thank you for today that we get to celebrate that you are the ultimate Abba Daddy. And it's only through the gift of Jesus and the power of your spirit we can pray. Amen. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Have a great Father's Day. Go hug a dad.